my uh, dad, no, my mother, passed away on Friday, May 12th, 1989. That was the Friday before Mother's Day. So that was a very challenging Mother's Day. Well, my dad passed away December 22nd, 2002. That was a challenging Christmas. Well, it was 13 years after Mom passed away. I thought Dad was doing okay as far as handling Mom's passing. When uh, she, on the day she passed away, I asked him, well, do you want to come and stay with us? Uh, you know, at least stay the night or whatever. And no, he didn't want to do that, which that's okay, really. So I thought everything was going all right. As time passed, I began to have some concerns that maybe he wasn't doing that well. There was a restaurant Dad liked to frequent, not too far from the house, uh, and, and I liked this restaurant too. Uh, he and I were rarely ever there at the same time. But he went there maybe, I don't know, once, twice, three times a week, four times a week. I don't know. He went there a lot. Well, I was there one time and um, I was with him. Now the people working there had seen me, but they didn't know that I was his son. So the person who was... Uh, tending to dad's table, well, to the table where we were sitting, said, you're his son? I said, yeah, yeah. Said, oh, okay. Well, from that time on, when I would go in there, there would be occasions where um, one of the people working there, one of the servers, would just come over and start talking to me and sharing some things about dad. How that he would, he'd be there for a long time. And in these conversations, I began to realize that the people at this restaurant had become a type of family for him. And I began to realize that he was lonelier than I knew because he never said a word to me or to my brother, to my sister. When we were with him, dad was dad. Maybe that was simply because we were with him. But nobody else said anything. The people at church but then maybe that's because he was with the people at church. I I don't know. But I do know this. There were little pieces of the puzzle I began to put together. Then after he passed away, um, there were some other things that came up, and I realized, yeah, he was struggling a whole lot more than what we realized. But we didn't know. My dad was the kind... My dad wasn't one of those huggy, give-you-a-kiss-on-the-cheek kind of dads, but he was a dad who loved and there was no question about that. Well, um, Dad was struggling and we didn't know it. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well then, when I was pastoring the first church down in Springboro, we had a lady in that church who, I don't know if she had been widowed or divorced, one of the two, but anyway, she was single. And I can't tell you how many times she told me, I want a man. I want a man. And she would go to these singles functions. I remember one time Kathy and I were invited to one of these singles functions. They would, singles from different churches would come in for this. And Kathy and I were invited to, uh, to sing. There was a, um, 
a southern gospel group that was coming that was going to put on like a concert and we were asked to um, like open up and then sing at the break uh, for this group and so we did well this lady was there uh, and she's a nice lady but when I saw her there I did a double take because her appearance was extremely different from what we saw at church then there was another lady who um, loved the Lord, and I thought she was stable in her walk with God, and because she seemed to be. Well, come to find out, she wasn't. And what I mean is this. She met a man, and they started dating, and it turns out he was a part of, um, well, he was uh, Jehovah's Witness. And this was a lady who had been used in the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, prophecy. And she starts dating this guy. Now she knew she shouldn't have been doing that. But she started dating this guy. Okay, why? She's lonely. That's what it was. And he told her the only way that we can continue to have a relationship is that you basically have to renounce all this stuff that you believe in. And so she started telling people, you know, tongues really... You know, it was all fake on my part. <laughs> That's dangerous. Really dangerous. Well, then there's another lady. Didn't go to our church, went to another church, but born again, uh, filled the Holy Ghost, as far as I know. And she started dating a Muslim. Well, she knew she wasn't supposed to. And somebody confronted her. So, what are you doing? She said, well, but we, you know, I love him and he loves me. Well, the only way, and he explained this to her, he said, the only way that we can continue in this relationship and even get married, you know, you have to stand up in our mosque and publicly renounce Jesus Christ. And she did. She did. All right, well, as far as I know, she's going to hell if she's not there already. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm just saying, you cannot play these games. But why, should, why did she do that? Because she was lonely. And... I have, well, I could tell you more stories. Loneliness is one of the most devastating emotions you will ever encounter. I can remember for myself, you know, back, I wasn't living for Jesus, but, you know, I had a girlfriend, and then we broke up. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? I don't have a girlfriend. Who am I going to date? You know, Friday night, Saturday night, what am I going to do? And all this other um, eventually, you know, found another girlfriend, found a few of them. <laughs> but anyway, the point I'm making is this. There are emotions that can knock you off your feet. And they can, and it's not just loneliness now. But loneliness, and I'm not going to say it's at the top of the list, Loneliness is one of the reasons why so many people get involved with these, um, like these singles groups. And I've been around some of them, not when I was single, but from a ministry perspective, and some of them, basically, it's almost like, for some people, for some single people, those things are like meat markets. You know, they just want to find somebody that they can be flirtatious with, even on an overnight basis. That's loneliness. That's all. You can say, well, you know, but it, maybe it's you know, hormonal urges. Yeah, I get that, but it's also loneliness. You know? 
And loneliness is devastating. But so are other emotions. It, we had a, a prophecy. I'm going to read this to you, just a short one. It, um, it was actually about loneliness. It was several years ago. And in this prophecy, the Lord said, I will be your comfort in loneliness. I will be your sustainer. I will be your peace. I will be the fulfilling presence that you need in your life. Nobody will be able to fulfill you that way that I can fulfill you. No one will ever be able to touch your life the way that I can touch your life. So look to me, and I will help you, and you will not face the devastating loneliness that at times you have felt. My dad needed that. I'm not being critical of my dad. I'm just saying he needed that. But then so did those ladies that I've mentioned. So did other people that I've known over the years. But then, along with that, the whole thing of the loneliness is, uh, you know, you can be married and be facing situations. How are we going to pay the bills? And, and the helplessness. And I think we've all been there at times. You know, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to fix it? You know, and, and there are emotions that can seem so overwhelming that you feel totally helpless and incapable of dealing with it and making it through. You know, I come in this morning, and there more than one thing came up. I get a phone call from Kathy, and she's crying, and I could tell something bad has happened to somebody, and maybe somebody has died, sure enough. You know, the pastor of the church where I preached my very first sermon, someone that, uh, you know, our son was married to their daughter, and you know, there was a close bond there. Well, he passed away this morning. There, um, and then, come to find out, one of, the, one of the keyboards, just this morning it decided, I don't want to work. Thank God we have an extra one that we were able to get hooked up very quickly. I mean, I didn't hook it up, but what I'm getting at is, things happen and you don't totally expect them to happen, but when they happen, you know, you can feel like, You've just been overwhelmed. Okay, that is a crisis situation. I got a phone call five something in the morning telling me, you know, well, you know, your mother's passed away. I get a phone call late, you know, well, you know, your dad's passed away. You don't expect this. Even though we know it's just a matter of time that if we live long enough, everybody we know right now is going to pass away. Now, who wants to talk about that? But on the inside, we know that's true. And even when it happens, what a shock. You know, it's like, we know it's going to happen, but we're not prepared for it. And then there we are, facing that situation. Uh, we could go on and on to where <laughs> the, the furnace breaks down in the middle of winter. And then, three days later, the hot water heater goes out. You know, and, and then, two weeks later, the car breaks down. And then, a month after that, you know, crazy neighbors move in. I mean, just stuff. Stuff. And if, look, if you don't understand who you are in Christ and what God is offering, you will never overcome 
These emotional attacks. Now hear me, you won't. Do you know why people, uh, they'll go to Alcoholics Anonymous and they are told to call themselves recovering alcoholics. Why is that? Because from the perspective of the program, you never beat it. You're always an alcoholic. However, whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. So, if you come at it from a scriptural perspective concerning who you are in Christ, then guess what? You don't have to say, I'm a recovering alcoholic. You can say, Jesus set me free and I am no longer an alcoholic. Or I am no longer a drug addict. Or I am no longer a whatever. You can also say, I am no longer lonely. I am no longer helpless. I am no longer defeated. Because when those events come up in life, and we feel de- defeated, or I mean, we just feel like we're, that's it, it's over. We're defeated. What are we going to do? I want you to look in Psalm chapter 18. Psalm chapter 18. And there are a lot of people in the body of Christ who need to hear this message. And everybody in the body of Christ needs to hear this message. Here's what I mean. There's some people, you're going through the emotional whatever it is now. And then there are others, you're going to go through it. You're going to go through it. In Psalm chapter 18, look at here, verse 1. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. See that? I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Immediately, there is an identification of where the strength comes from. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my tower. Those two verses right there are the answer to every Christian when faced with the emotional onslaughts. This is it right here. And then you see the next verse. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. So shall I be saved from the enemy of hopelessness, the enemy of depression, the enemy of loneliness, the enemy of fear, the enemy of loss. Are you following me? Because those things are your greater enemy than the devil himself. The devil will work with those emotions or you try to, to use them somehow. But the thing is, you can be walking every day in victory over Satan and still be in this pit. You know what I'm saying? And in verse 31, For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. I don't know which way to turn. It is God that girdeth you with strength and maketh your way perfect. Because see, when you say, I don't know which way to turn, in essence what you're saying is, I'm looking for strength somewhere other than from God. In verse 39, For thou, God, hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Now look at this. You, O God, you have girded me with strength unto the battle against loneliness, against fear, against hopelessness, against depression, 
against I don't know which way to turn. This is a warfare. But you have girded me with strength for this battle. Now what that means is, if you've got the strength of the Lord for this battle, you will win. You absolutely will win. Just like this morning. When, when the thing, I mean all the stuff, several things, came up this morning. And I'm back there in my office. And it's like, God, i got to get through this. You know, i got to rise above this. I just started praising Him back there. And I, I couldn't wait till I get done back there so I can come out here and join in this, the pre-service worship. Because I needed it. I knew that strength would come when I did that. I knew it would. And if you look in Psalm 27. In Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I... What emotion shall I be afraid of? Shall I deal with? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies, think of it this way, when those wicked emotions that are my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Why? Because the Lord is my light, my salvation, and my strength. Though a host of emotions should bombard me from all around and feel like you know they set up camp around me, my heart shall not fear. My heart will not be troubled. My heart will not be upset. The war, though the emotions should war, rise up against me and, and, and try to make me feel like there is no hope in this one thing, I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up against those emotional enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer, now look at this, therefore will I offer in His tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. See that? It's a declaration of who God is. It's an acknowledgement of all the stuff, all that, everything that's coming against me. It's an acknowledgement, okay, these things are happening in my life, but here's who the Lord is. And you know what? I will not exalt those things. No, I'm going to praise my Lord. I'm going to sing praise to Him because He is all of these things unto me. In Psalm 28, verse 6, Blessed be the Lord, Because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. He's my strength, and because of that, I'm going to praise him. In Psalm chapter 29, verse 11, The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. You see that? Okay, so if I see that and I believe that, then I cannot say my life is in turmoil right now. Because if I say that, what I'm actually saying is I'm giving in to all that stuff. I'm giving in to all the emotional attack. When I say that my life is in turmoil, when I say I just can't take it anymore, 
I just can't take it anymore. What I'm saying is, the Lord is not my strength. Even though the Lord is my strength, I'm saying that I'm not trusting in Him to be my strength, to be my salvation, to be my deliverer, to be the rock of my salvation. I mean, on and on it goes everything that we've seen here. Look in Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is my refuge and strength. Now, He is ours, okay? But you have to make it personal. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's always there. Always. I can't say, God, where are you? Because He's always there. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the seas, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof, Selah, I will not be moved. Everything else is going to be moved. I will not. Even if everything around me is crumbling and falling apart, I will not be moved. I will not. Because God is my refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Look in Psalm 59. In Psalm 59, look at verse 16. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of my mercy. God, His strength, is my defense against the fear, the hopelessness, the anxiety, the I don't know which way to turn, the loneliness, whatever it is. God is my strength. He is my defense. I mean, think of it like this, when I'm trusting Him, it's like He he stands between me and all that stuff and says, no, you're not allowed in here. Because He's trusting me, not you. You are stopped in your tracks. And so I'm back here rejoicing and praising and all that junk is trying to get through, can't get through. (laughs) Because God is my strength and my defense. Look in Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, I'm talking to myself here, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Soul, trust in Him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. I can say that because I know it. God is a refuge for us. Look in, Okay, I'll tell you what. Let me just quote this one for you. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Now here's what's interesting in this, what we've read. And Okay, there's so much more in Psalms that we could have read. I'm hoping that maybe you'll think about reading more in Psalms. But in this, what are we seeing? There are two things. Two things, primarily. Number one, the individual is openly declaring who God is. I will say, God is my strength. I say, God is my refuge. I say, God is my deliverer. I say, God is my defense. You see this? It is a confession and a declaration of who God is to the person. Okay, now... These times when you've gone through these emotions, 
When's the last time you ever made these kind of declarations? And this is why some of these battles just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You feel like giving up. You feel like quitting. I ain't going to church no more. I, ain't, I don't even know if I can believe in God anymore. And you go on and on and on. Ain't nobody likes me. Ain't nobody cares. Bless the Lord. Nobody, nobody. I mean, just the way this stuff goes on. Why? Because you're not following this pattern. You know why this is recorded in here this way? It's because God's trying to get it across to us when you're faced with these things. Take a few minutes and just start declaring, God, you are my strength. You're the rock of my salvation. You're my peace. You are my deliverer. You are my defense. You are my refuge. You are my present help in a time of trouble. You, God, are all these things to me. Because the more that you make that declaration out of that nature of who you are in Christ, that born-again spirit, is the more the reality of all those declarations becomes real to you. And you begin to see it. You begin to understand it. And not, that's the first thing, is the individual and his or her declaration of everything that we've read. God is my. And then you fill in the blank with all these things, all these declarations. But here's the second thing that we see in this. I will sing to the Lord. You see that? I will sing to the Lord. Because when I sing, His presence becomes more real to me. One of the first things that I've seen happen in people going through these emotional pits is their praise diminishes. They forget their worship. And what we see in here is somebody saying, you know what? There are times when I feel like I am surrounded by the stuff. When I feel like hopelessness, and hopelessness is on my right. Despair is on my left. Um, anxiety is in front of me, and loneliness is behind me. And confusion is above me. <laughs> in other words, I, just, it's camped around about me. But, even though those things are there, God is my strength. God is my ever-present help. God is the rock of my salvation. God is my deliverer. God is my, God is my, God is my, God is my. And you know what, God, because you're all of those things, I will sing my praise unto you. Those things are still kind of camped around about me, so I start stringing, singing and declaring these things. And God says, He, he looks, looks around at the angels and says, Fellas, hold on here a minute. i got some work to do. And He steps down in between you and all that stuff. And all that stuff realizes, we don't have any hope now. <laughs> we might as well go bother somebody else who doesn't know this stuff. Because what, what we're seeing in here is guaranteed victory. Now I had to learn this for myself. I had to learn that I, I don't have an excuse when I read these things. And by the way, I challenge you, just start reading the Psalms and, and see how many times in here you see the declaration, God is my 
God is my, oh God, you are, oh Lord, you are, and then I will bless you, and I will praise you. I mean, it is all through the book of Psalms. In a couple of the Psalms, well, I, it may be more than a couple, but it's like David is, is saying, you know what, everything stinks, everything's lousy, everything's bad, you know, everybody wants to kill me, nobody loves me anymore. But, why art thou disquieted, O my soul? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like he's having this, he's, he's fighting the inner battle with who God is against all that stuff that is real, but yet he wins. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do. And too often we haven't done that. Well, the truth is, until you understand to do this, you don't know to do it. But guess what? As of tonight. (laughs) As of tonight. And from this point on, anybody here or watching or whatever that, you know, if you start succumbing to all those emotions and you have this feeling, wow, I I just got to talk to somebody. I just, I think I, I just got to talk to Pastor. Maybe I'll talk to Kathy. You know, she'll cry with me. Maybe, maybe I can, go, maybe I can find somebody. I hope conviction comes over you so strongly, and that you hear a voice behind you saying, "Have you forgotten that I am your strength?" Have you forgotten that I am the rock of your salvation? Have you forgotten I am your deliverer? Have you forgotten I am your peace? Have you forgotten that I am whatever it is? Have you forgotten this? And then I hope you say, oh yeah, I did. (laughs) That's right, God. You are my... And and really, these verses that I've, I've read here tonight, use those. I mean, those are enough. But there are a lot more in Psalms. Guys, how in the world can we be an effective witness to the lost if we're going through the same emotional pit they're going through? How can we tell them, oh, God will be there for you, God will be there for you, and then the next week, leave me alone. I don't feel like talking. Just everything stinks. You know, I mean, if you knew what I was going through, you'd shut up and leave me alone. And then the next week, let me tell you about Jesus. It doesn't work that way. The lost need to see us living in that victory all the time. All the time. And the thing is, we can. But it's up to us. Now every one of us in here, everyone listening, everyone watching, the day is coming when we're going to be facing some more emotional whatevers. You know, the attacks. And when that happens, you know, we're just going to have to grit our teeth and just, God, you are my strength. And, and if you have to, just turn to these verses and just read them like they're coming from you. God, you are my deliverer. You are my salvation. You are my glory. You are the rock of my strength. You are my refuge. You, God, are all these things to me. Just cut loose. Cut loose. And then begin to sing your praise to the Lord. And victory will manifest. Praise God. All our answers are right here.
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Jamie, right now we just need to spend, I don't know, about 15 minutes or so just praising the Lord. Our rock, our deliverer, our salvation, our everything. Praise the Lord. So everyone go ahead and stand up and let's praise the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus.